Hi, I'm Nigel Campbell, editor of Jazz in the Islands magazine, with another episode of Island Jazz Chat, a podcast featuring conversations with Caribbean jazz and pan-jazz musicians based in the islands and the diaspora. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Island Jazz Chat. Tonight, I have the honor of speaking to the, the father of Kaiso Jazz, the man who made it all, the man who started with the Calypso Jazz Innovations back in 76. Clive Zander is here. Welcome, Clive. How are you? I'm happy to be here. Thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you for being here. Island Jazz Chat, in case you don't know, is a, a kind of conversation with jazz musicians, Caribbean jazz musicians and pan-jazz musicians. And what we've been trying to do over the year is get these conversations on. And you, of course, are a very important person in this whole thing that we call Caribbean jazz. So it was important that you're here, right? Um, for the two people who don't know much about your history, just give me a little insight in terms of your development, where you went, how you got this thing, where you got the ideas from. Yeah, well, I'd like to head back to what happened when I was a young, well, younger <laughs> Before I migrated to England. What year you migrated? 1960. Okay. But I'd like to pick up before, at the age of 16, 17, I had started listening to what was taking place in Trinidad mm-hmm. in the area of jazz. Yes. And uh, dance music. I started really at 16 following all the dance bands. Mm-hmm. And why I did this is because. I said, listen, anything you have to do, you have to have a, a foundation. Yes. So the foundation for me was, listen, let me hear what Joey Lewis is doing. Mm-hmm. Let me hear what John Body is doing. And I'm talking about like 58, 57, 58. Yeah. Choi Ming, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They used to come to Bazaar way back in Sipari where, where I was born mm-hmm. and started there. I started my early training in piano lessons there. Yes. With the... Sister of uh, Sybil Joseph, mm-hmm. Dr. Cuthbert Joseph's sister taught me okay. piano. Mm-hmm. So doing that, I was able to get a feel of the foundation and the value of Kaiso. Yes. I didn't bring the jazz part in yet. Mm-hmm. It was Kaiso. And uh, then I realized, well, there's something in what Joey Robbie Robinson, a trumpet player, Mm-hmm. Errol Ince, I met the, around that time. Trumpeter Errol Because he was then with Choi Ming. Okay. And funny enough, it's that started because my first instrument mm-hmm. that attracted me is the bongos. Why? Ah. Because essence of Kaiso means rhythms. Okay, yes. So I met Errol Ince, and in, on the break in one of the buzzer, I was there standing, and he said, oh, you like music? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I observe you come and you're dancing. <laughs> and I'm listening, I'm listening to what he's doing and what Choi and Dolet Ai. Mm-hmm. And um, the bongo player from the band went in the break. He went dancing. Yes. So Errol saw me looking at the bongos. He said, you like that? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, well, play it. Mm-hmm. I said, but just like that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not in the band. Yes. I don't want Choi to boof me. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, play it, play it. So I went and took it up and I started playing it. All right. And um, Choi looked looked back mm-hmm. because his bongo play is not there. Mm-hmm. So I was going to get up. And then Choi said, no, sit down, stay. How, how, how old were you at that time? I was about 16, 17. Okay. Yeah, he said, play because you, you're doing fine. Mm. Particularly because I felt the Latin and the Kaiso in the music. Oh, okay. 
at that those days, that's what we had. Mm-hmm. The Latin and the Kaiso. Mm-hmm. And I liked Latin, and I was able to, to integrate in my fingering on the bongos, mm-hmm. that kind of feel. Okay. So it started there, and then when, when I, after he said, okay, and it turned out that mm-hmm. anywhere they were playing, I end up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then by that time, they said, they said, and when halftime came, they say play. Ah, they got a job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I and Orleans came good mm-hmm. friends from then. You all were the same age? No. Errol was uh, older than me. Okay. Yeah. I was like, he would have been about 24, mm. and I would have been about 18. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Six years older. So, in fact, mm-hmm. all you start from there, you're talking about 58. Because mm-hmm. I, I left in 60. And you went to England in 60? Yeah. Okay. And um, Errol, I told Errol I'm going. He said, well, you're going nowhere. I said, yeah, man. Mm. He said, yeah, I'm leaving. I had a sister in England. Yes. And then I want to join her and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we used to laugh at that because he said, you're going, I said, I'm going, <laughs> I said, I'm going to see you. Aye. And then I left here in 60. Mm-hmm. And, uh, During the Federation, by before yeah, independence. Yeah, just, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just before independence. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to England. Mm-hmm. How now, was the English scene? Because my parents actually had gone to England for different reasons, individually, back in the late 50s. And they met, got married in England, and they came home. I was born in 1960, right, in Trinidad. And one was from Jamaica, one was from St. Kitts, but they grew up as children mm-hmm. in Trinidad, right? Mm-hmm. And left Trinidad independently, got, got married. But the, the bigger issue for me is that it seems as though, based on the kind of history that we read about the whole Windrush generation, that that time that you went was mm-hmm. a time when West Indians were going to England. Now, I don't know what the living situation was, and I'm sure that, that may have had an effect on you, but certainly while you were in England, and for those who know, I, I wrote a line, a note for Clive's, the, re, the re-release of Clive's album, Clive Zander's here on Cree Records. Once you got to England, you were actively part of that jazz scene because you already had some people up there. Um, Russ Henderson was there. Yeah, Russ Henderson. Yeah, Fitzroy Coleman. Fitzroy, Fitzroy Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. You met Still, Malcolm Nurse? Still in Malcolm Nurse. Yeah. yeah. Still in Bettencourt. Yeah. yeah. And they were there in England. Of course, England was, that there was a clique and a pretty large clique of West Indians in England. Mm-hmm. But um, you obviously had to interact with jazz musicians. So somewhere along the line, you developed that jazz. Tell me about that England experience. Well, the Indian, the Indian experience is what the Kaiso jazz concept or idea came from the England experience, strangely enough. Okay. Not the train that. Because mm-hmm. when I got there, mm-hmm. I went to England principally to study architecture. Yes. As a start with. Yeah, a professional architect. Yeah. Because mm. uh, I like drawing and mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a relationship between drawing and music. I've, I've heard this. F- frozen music. There you go. <laughs> so, so when I got there, I didn't start meeting musicians yet, strangely mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. When I got there, I was to get myself into the school. Yes. I had to go and do the entry paperwork mm-hmm. to get my advanced level and so forth. Because okay. I went there with no level. Mm. 
Okay. And when I, when I went there, they told me, listen, you want to do architecture? Well, you'll have to do English, maths, mm. physics. Mm. And I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, it really gave me a setback. Uh-huh. So I didn't go straight into music. Okay. I went to, you know, get my education together. As it was, yeah. Then I tell myself, if I really want to know about the jazz scene then, mm-hmm. I have to then see and hear musicians in London. Yes. I'm Go sure and there. see and hear them play. London, in the, certainly in the sixties, I know it was called in the swinging sixties. Certainly, the Beatles in 62 had formed and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there was an active live music scene, clearly. Yeah. Jazz and, and rock and roll as yeah. it was developing and things. Yeah. So who were, the, who were some of these masters that you met while you were in England? Early, I went to see and hear this guy in the Flamingo Jazz Club. Mm-hmm. I went and see and hear Dudley Moore. Dudley the actor. Moore. The actor Dudley Moore. Yeah. After. Fun. Pianist. Yes, a a lot of people know him as an actor from this film, Arthur. Mm -hmm. But I also know that he had a whole career as a musician before Arthur was even popular, certainly in this part of the world. So that's where it started for me. Mm -hmm. There was a respect that I gave as an early person. I was then about 24, 25 years, 24 years old. Respect that if you want to hear musicians and know them, you go and see them. Yeah. And, and hear them. Pay to see them. <laughs> yeah. And pay to see them. Yeah. yeah. So I saw an advertisement in the Flamingo Jazz Club. Yes. And I went, I said, let me go and hear what's going on. So I went. In those days, they used to give students discounts. So I yeah. paid a smaller price. Mm-hmm. I go and walk down to this club, mm-hmm. Piccadilly Circus, and um, sat. I saw people sitting mm-hmm. on the stage there, and I'm hearing this, this, this three guys, I said, there's only three guys playing on that stage? Mm-hmm. No, I'm coming from Trinidad, mm-hmm. where the average band is 11. <laughs> Your big band, yes. And, you know, 12 guys, mm-hmm. a talk-talk man, mm-hmm. and a this man, a guitar playing, guitarist playing chords, and another one playing Indeed. strum. Mm-hmm. And immediately I said, why do you need all these people? I'm here in this trio playing Chicago was a song. I never even get it. Mm-hmm. Chicago, Chicago, Madabanade. So I, I'm, I'm there, walk around a little bit. And um, Rick Laird, I even didn't look up. I'm 79 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember that guy's name. Rick Laird, a bass player. Okay. He went to the States and he did very well. Uh-huh. He was on bass, uh-huh. upright bass. Yeah. And um, the first thing came to mind, I said, well, why do you need it? It's a piano, which is melody, mm-hmm. bass, harmony, and drums. Mm. And the essence of music is three parts. That's it. Rhythm, melody, melody and harmony. Harmony, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that opened up the whole thing for me. Mm-hmm. To, to, so I'm saying that the idea of Kaiso Jazz came for mm-hmm. me in England. I hear you. Have, when I reflect back to Trinidad... Mm-hmm. Then I say, what these guys are doing? They are extempoing. Oh. Well, improvising, but you call it extempo. Yeah, extempo. Mm-hmm. So I went up to um, Dudley Moore after, and I said, I'm from Trinidad, and mm-hmm. I like what I hear. And, um, you know, I would like to, um, you know, mm-hmm. to, somewhat I heard, it, it sounds to me like extempo, and I explained to him improvisation, mm-hmm. where, in fact, you take the topic, yes, and on the spot, you create lyrics mm-hmm. and melody. Extempoin. And mm. then he was then amazed. He said, really? Mm. He I didn't said, know about Extempoin. No. Mm. 
So so he was amazed. He said, I said, well, and so that what I've heard here is going to influence me because I am thinking that we could produce our own form of jazz, mm. which is kaiso, mm-hmm. extempo kaiso. Okay. Not the kaiso as we know it as extempo mm. because we didn't really spend enough energy on extempo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just by the way. But I saw, no, it's for me now important. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've come to England and I'm hearing those guys extempoing. <laughs> you know? Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in that time, as I said, I know Ross Henderson was there. Um, mm-hmm. Fitzroy obviously was there. Mm-hmm. Still in Betancourt. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, um, ultimately, Arellins ended up coming up to England at that time also. But mm-hmm. were they playing music? Because the idea of you having this revelation that you can also extempo the mm-hmm. kaiso mm-hmm. in a jazz form, mm-hmm. based on this trio, co- the trio combination, mm-hmm. were there other musicians up in, as I said, those names, Russ, Sterling, were they doing those kind of things well, or they were okay. just playing gigs? Yeah, well, I didn't meet them then. Oh, okay. But strange enough, mm-hmm. I meet them then. Mm-hmm. I there's a place called the Colhoun on a Sunday where West Indians we meet. Colhoun is meet. a famous club, yeah. A famous club down there, and um, so I then say, look, let me then go because I I heard that mm-hmm. Russ Sterling mm-hmm. and those guys were there. Fitzroy mm-hmm. was up. I met Fitzroy after when I went in here it was Kitch Kitch Road. Kitchener, yeah, yeah, of course. I, f- I forgot the most important part. Yeah, Claude yeah. Kitchener was there. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I said, okay, I heard about the Colhoun, and I went there Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then this is when I met the local guys, mm-hmm. Russell, which I knew of Russell before. Yes, in Trinidad, I never met him mm-hmm. because I my in- association with jazz in Trinidad was a Sunday serenade. Okay, yes. Sunday Serenade, I remember. Which yeah, radio program. A radio program mm-hmm. and live music, Felix Roach, mm-hmm. Ralph Davies, mm-hmm. Errolins, right? Okay, yes, yes. And Vin Cardinal, mm-hmm. and the great drummer we had, um, Rupert Clemendor. Yes, Clemendor. Yes, yeah, so we- I was hearing them before I left. So mm-hmm. when I went up to England, I said, let me go and find them because mm-hmm. they were there. Okay. And then I went down to the Cullen, mm-hmm. and I heard Russell Evans and met him. Mm-hmm. And told him I'm a Trinidad. I always heard about you. I'm pleased to meet you, and um, I'm hoping that we can meet and I can learn from you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, man. And um, then I met Wilfred Woodley, most important, which is a great one. pianist and composer, which I heard about when I was in Trinidad. He used to live in Point, mm-hmm. but I never get to meet him in Point for then. Yes, when I was in 1819. Mm-hmm. I used to go long point to meet him, and one day I met him playing, and I went mm-hmm. up to him, mm-hmm. and I told him, well, I heard about you, and happy to meet you. Mm-hmm. But he was in Trinidad, and then he came to England. Yeah. And then, we, then, then he used to be at the Curlew on the Sunday. Exactly. And that, that's done. They were actually also playing Kaiso with a jazz feel. Yeah, because yeah. one of the things, um, as you talk about Woodley, Tulef Smith, who did one of these podcasts early on, mm. mentioned that he had met Woodley. Mm. And Woodley was a kind of important person mm. in the idea of fusing jazz and, mm. and Calypso as it was. And mm. Well, Woodley had a kind of tragic career in England that we know about that mm. he was set up and put mm. in jail because he had the audacity mm. to to date and I think marry one of the queen cousins or some kind yeah, of things on the society yeah, I knew, at the time. Was, I knew her very well. Yeah, at the time was kind of strange, I think. But I remember meeting him in Trinidad mm-hmm. 
and he was playing and he was he had like he, like it had a hundred keys on the piano because the fluid lines that he was playing was just out of this world mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. so you said you met all of these fellas with yeah. me and all of them mm-hmm. at the Colhoun club which mm-hmm. is a, a, a popular club a I, pop. I, yeah popular mm-hmm. club in, in in england I, i've read about it mm-hmm. so continue now in terms of you're yeah. evolving the idea you met dudley moore you met the west indians yeah. So that I like to stress that the idea of of the extempo yeah. came from funny enough seeing and hearing Dudley Moore. Yeah. Funny enough, the Trinidad musicians mm-hmm. wasn't conscious of the fact that they were actually doing improvisation. Oh, they were unaware. Yeah, they were unaware. Mm. Because remember, the form of Kaiso in that time was not to improvise. It mm. was repeating and regenerating the melody, mm-hmm. which we call the head. Yes. And the only time you get up to improvisation is the chorus. Okay. You know, you take a little thing, a little 12 mm-hmm. bar. Yeah, yeah. The chorus. Yeah. Because it was based around the dance form, mm-hmm. not the creative form of individual expression. It wasn't It wasn't bebop. <laughs> it, was still, yeah. it was still swing. And the idea of individual expression didn't exist. You know, mm-hmm. music was, we are a band. Uh-huh. A band with ten, eleven people, mm-hmm. and you know, you, 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 you. If you, if you try to improvise and mm-hmm. go off into various areas, everybody will look at you, yeah, <laughs> and you, and you could get fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Errol Lynch told me all the story to himself on Sparrow, mm-hmm. long years afterwards mm-hmm. about that funny chord. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we, we didn't develop a, a culture of mm-hmm. creative and individual expression. Yes, which is up to this day. 2019 mm-hmm. it's the same it's the same thing yeah individual expressions so what are you saying that how i mean we have we have jazz events like i put on a jazz event a couple yeah and um yes there are bands there are individuals we hire individual artists but you're saying that they, there's no conversation because no. a conversation is one person talking and the next person responding yeah, and if, another person, yeah. yeah. If, if you look at it it's only recently mm-hmm. i would say when i came back in 67 Yes. And then in 1970, and collaborated with Schofield Pilgrim we'll on the QRC. Him. That the yeah. idea of individual expression mm. came up. Okay, right. And there are two reasons why we didn't have individual expression. What was the reasons? A lot of the young the music players mm-hmm. didn't have the technique mm-hmm. and the skills that's required to improvise. Okay. Did they, have the, did they have the theoretical knowledge? Um, no. Okay. No. The theory that we learned in Trinidad in that time mm-hmm. was in the in the, pia- the school. Mm-hmm. Piano teachers was very instrumental because mm-hmm. Woodley's mother was a piano teacher, you know. Okay. So it was very in the, in the early part. We've missed out. The mm-hmm. early people used to teach piano and so forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're the ones who really built the, the- theoretical base okay. for musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and strong theoretical base. We mm-hmm. still have it. All right. So. Individual expression, you said, happened in England, but you weren't seeing it in Trinidad. Or no. even among the Trinidadians who no, met in England. No, what you had it was re- regeneration mm-hmm. of a melody. Okay. Play it over and over and over. And over yeah, regurgitating a melody. Yeah, and now and then, Dutchie's brothers had it going. Dutchie's brothers, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. They were moving in the direction in a sort of way. Mm-hmm. I, that, I left there when I leave in 60 I mm-hmm. used to be a really tied to Dutchies mm-hmm. Dutchies were like 58, 59 mm-hmm. the big band era yeah, yeah and, and, and Dutchie had, Dutch had a small band which mm-hmm. is the octet eight pieces okay fantastic piano player mm-hmm. who's the piano player I don't know remember? what came of him you remember his name yeah it slipped the flute 
Die Vlut? Not Die Vlut. Die Vlut was a bad name. Ah. Peter Die Vlut okay. was the one who played the, the, the saxophone. Mm -hmm. But the piano player was a monster. All right. He went to England. I don't know what happened. Just disappeared. And he went to the States. Oh, he went to the States. Yeah. Okay. And um, the other brother who used to play bass went to England and the States. Mm -hmm. So what, what I'm saying, my experience in England yes. is where it all started. Why? Because the environment was one in which you could go and see and hear people play. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? It's so important for the development of music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You go and hear the masters. Yes. I went to Ronnie Scott. Mm -hmm. um, Ronnie Scott, Big Bands Quintet. Mm -hmm. I used to make sure as a student every other two weeks I go there to hear who's there. I met great Yusuf Latif. Okay. There I met him. Mm -hmm. And he came, so it gave me a chance to see and hear all the masters. Ah, it happens when yes, when and then <laughs> yeah. the famous thing. I mean, we could. I don't want to dwell on this, but Naipaul left in 1950 as a student, talking about he had to leave the periphery to go to the center. Mm -hmm. And of course, Selvon was there earlier, and a number of, as we know, writers went to England mm -hmm. because, in addition to being in a, in a bigger space, we have more ideas. You also could do business. These fellas wanted to get a publisher, so they had to go to England. Right. It was very difficult to publish a book if you're based in Trinidad. Mm -hmm. You, as a student, went to do architecture. Mm -hmm. And you're now in a, an environment where you could hear the masters. You're free to think and express yourself that mm -hmm. may have been curtailed here in Trinidad. Mm -hmm. But I think, importantly, um, you're able to evolve an idea mm -hmm. of connecting Extempo and mm -hmm. Kaiso mm -hmm. based on watching improvisation in a trio. Yeah. And seeing and hearing those guys give you an idea of measure. Mm -hmm. That you can now measure where you are. Yeah, true. Yes, we 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 not we not we not measuring anything here. Uh -huh, true, yeah. You know what I mean? I was able to measure in the land of the blind. A one man, a one eyed man. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, king. right, right. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I, I I think I could play, but mm -hmm. then when I go and I see a a sixteen year old guy mm. putting on piano, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I'm twenty seven. Hey, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it make you decide if you want to do it, mm -hmm. do it. Yes, not to give up. A lot of guys give up. Mm -hmm. When I went and see that boy, this guy, sixteen-year-old boy, he play or twenty-year-old boy, that is it for me. You know, I was like that. Now nah. I go. I went to Dudimon Aksum for a teacher. So he gave you a teacher, yeah. Dudimon. Oh, yeah. that's excellent. Garrett, something Garrett. Oh. that's how I got it. There and you go. I went to the guy and he started giving me the blues. Mm. You know what I mean? So this country, these areas, this this experience mm -hmm. make you face the situation, not mm -hmm. to run from it. Mm -hmm. A lot of the West Indian musicians, they, they run from it. Mm -hmm. I ob observe that. Okay. They run from it. They say, well, you know, I think I'm going to do that by that. <laughs> no, they run from it. I went to Russell Henderson to learn. Yes. I'd say, Russ, I'd like to study with you. Tell me, come on the piano, sit down, showed me something. Yeah. Something like so that. Piano was not, you said bongo is your first instrument. Yeah. When did you, and you learned with Cutbert Joseph's sister. Yeah. So when you got to England, you knew how to play a piano. Yeah, I, I had the basic, I had uh -huh. some lessons and right. I knew to play. But so um, you get it, you're almost getting quote unquote master classes with Woody yeah. and Dudley's teacher and yeah, Russ Henderson right, and right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then in England, of course, I went to, with teachers, mm -hmm. jazz teachers. Mm -hmm. yeah. I then, understand that you had a band in England. Tell oh, yeah. Well, I formed, after a while, then I formed a trio. Okay. Des Alex. My Des name Alex. is Clive Desmond. Okay. So the so Des I, Alex combo. Yeah. Or trio. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And then combo, I put a pan in it. All right. So I put the pan in, in as a voice. 
mm-hmm. in Kaisu Jazz way back in that era. You're talking about way mm-hmm. back in uh, yeah, 68. 68 or 67? Oh, 67. Right, 67. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I put the pan in already. Mm-hmm. Foresight, the guy who got a lot of scholarships in England to go teach in the schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, with him, Foresight. Yes, oh, no, very, yeah. he's passed away. Uh-huh. But they, um, he got um, an award with Russell and they, from the Queen. From the Queen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually took pan to the schools. So he was in my band. All right. Yeah. Then Erlins came up uh-huh. and gave me a surprise. <laughs> he said, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he went to the military yeah, military band. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand. Yeah. One of the better trumpet players in he England. And, top, and yeah, yeah. Played with everybody from Frank Sinatra, yeah. and Sammy Davis, all these kind of fellas. Yeah, yeah. He went there, mm. but he used to come down every weekend. Mm-hmm. So we could ground mm-hmm. <laughs> because he wanted to ground with the Kaiso thing. You want to, yeah, you have to, you can't forget your you roots. You can't forget the roots. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and he used to play every weekend. So, but the fundamental point I want to make in this discussion or conversation yeah. is the West Indian musicians kept themselves, at, for me, that's my opinion. Eh? Well, yes, opinion. Um, yeah, more to themselves than to integrating into the environment of the jazz. Was it easy? Because I'm thinking, were there, uh, jazz, jazz even in the success, was it an American thing? Yes, there were English musicians who were playing jazz. Yeah. But how easy or how difficult was it for West Indians who had their own space playing for a West Indian audience mm-hmm. to just pick up and say, let's go to the Flamingo Club and, and jam with Bud Dudley Moore? No, it wasn't easy. I'm figuring, and plus, yeah. in the early success, they had race went, riots and all that kind went, of stuff. When I went, was to listen, not to jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 58, they had a big race riot and nothing else. I mean, England yeah. was, and there was this whole thing about keep, keep Britain white and it could not be in an easy environment to live in, I'm thinking. Well, funny enough, I, I, would, say, I would say no. If we had pushed mm. the Caribbean rhythm things, yes. this would have been the access mm. in there. Okay. Because that's what, when I got the first break mm. to play at the Pigali with, mm-hmm. with, that, with a Jewish guy, from Israel, yes, who formed a little group and then brought me in with piano. Mm-hmm. How we got the, the, because the agent liked when I took the kaiso and put it in the jazz. Ah. That is what made me. I could. I wasn't a, a top piano player. In the level, Wood, Woodley was like my mentor, mm-hmm. and he was very emotional about me. He mm-hmm. said, "I want you to make it." Mm-hmm. My first gig is Woodley come and say, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I'm going to school." He said, "Well, you, 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 you want money?" I'm, I said, "No, all right." He said, "Well, you have to have money." <laughs> Practical. Yeah. yeah, you have the money, a little money in your pocket of the school. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "Woodley, mm-hmm. may God bless his soul." Yeah, yes, he he had really, he had really on me. That mm. man was so much on me and vexed if I don't play and do well. Mm. Because he saw the talent in me mm-hmm. and, and, and that. He gave me my first gig. Mm-hmm. And how he did it? He called me, he says, Anda. I say, he say, well, what are you doing? I said, nothing. He said, what do you mean doing nothing? He said, all right, there's a club down and so and so in, 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 in London. I want you to go there Saturday night. I said, but to do what to play? He said, go and play. Mm. Because that very club he met his the wife. Oh, the, so, the queen cousin. The queen cousin, yeah. Because ah, okay. I said I knew her. Ah. And I was like an uncle to his children, you know. Papa, you. I am right. Yeah, yeah. I knew her. We used to mm. hug up and live mm. and things like that. Because he used to come. So he, he gave me this gig. I go into the play the place. Mm-hmm. So I say, boy. So I call a, nephew, a drummer of mine, nephew, Namdi, he's passed on to. He came with me. So we go on. So what are you going to play? I said, let me play. Ponciana, because I like that Jamal, mm-hmm. who was really close to Kaisu kind of thing. 
So I played that thing. I was very good, eh? Yes. I was really still struggling. You know, I I I see a guy sitting down in the corner, quiet down in the corner, and then it's Woodley. Wow. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw the tremble. He mm. said, "He said, what what do you what do you play, boy? Play? Mm. You know? He came, sat down in the corner to make sure that you played. Yeah." Yeah, an important person in your, your growth as a musician, certainly in England. Mm-hmm. But um, we knew that sooner or later the architecture studies would have finished. Mm-hmm. And we do know that you did come back to Trinidad. Mm-hmm. I think 67 years said that before. Mm-hmm. And I know there was a, certainly a connection between yourself and the infamous Schofield Pilgrim. Yep. Who had his theoretical ideas about the fusion of jazz. Mm-hmm. And he was obviously had a jazz club in QRC with young students, mm-hmm. opening them up to the possibilities of jazz and this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was fortuitous that both of you all met because mm-hmm. that led to this mm-hmm. development. Tell me about meeting Schofield. Huh? Well, meeting Schofield was very, 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 very strange. Mm-hmm. I came and I got a job in an architect office, New Lewis. Yes, late John New Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, I got a job with him, you know. And then late Bernard, Bernard Broadbridge, he, uh, I was playing a tape, mm-hmm. cassette tape in the office. Yes. So he, he said, what's that uh, kind of... Jazzy thing, I say, yeah. He says, so you do jazz? I say, yeah, I am a jazz musician as well. Mm-hmm. So he said, do you know Schofield Pilgrim? I said, no. He said, well, the, he is a QRC teacher at QRC, and he's, he's into this kind of thing. Mm. I say, yeah. So he, he, he then called and introduced me to oh. him. What, yeah, what, what, broad, what Broadbridge was he? Bernard Broadbridge. Bernard Broadbridge. Yeah. These are important names to remember. Yeah. Dudley Moore. Bernard yeah, Broadbridge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wilfred Woodley. Yeah. Ross Anderson, go ahead. Yeah. So so um I went there, I went, I spoke with I spoke, I spoke with him, he said um they meet on Saturday at the mm-hmm. QRC. So I went and I met him mm-hmm. and uh and and Mike Georges was on base. Michael Georges, yeah. They, I met Mike Mike Bootman is a very important person, eh? Mm-hmm. Because I met him mm-hmm. there. Yeah, well Michael's brother David was a QRC student. Yeah. Well, ultimately became a QRC student because yeah. obviously Michael is older, but and Michael went to Tranquility. But yes, I know that Michael speaks highly of Schofield and yeah. his importance yeah. in putting. But this Michael thing together. used to come from the other school, Tranquil, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sonny Denner, I knew that great name, guitar Sonny player, mm-hmm. who used to come to teach here. So he's and all right, but I didn't meet David because David wasn't in school yet. Yet mm-hmm. he came like after. He came but after. Yeah, I met Mike Georges. At the time, bass player mm-hmm. Ray Holman, I met. Yes, Ray. Before, mm-hmm. and he was then on Pan. Mm-hmm. He was the Pan player in the QRC and Jazz Club. Yes, and I went to, I used to hear him, and I used to admire him in terms of how he could hear all these harmonies mm-hmm. and some of the classical tunes as well that they used to play. And I used to admire that yeah. with him. And that then it turned out mm-hmm. when I played the tape for mm-hmm. Schofield. Yes. Schofield said, well, like, we are doing the same thing in a different place. No, look at that. So it I told happens. him, I tell him I'm a kind of spiritual person. Mm-hmm. So I told him, no, that, that this is how it was planned to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, uh, I, I, I know that. Mm-hmm. I was to have met you. Yes. It was fate. It was planned. Yeah. Yeah, it was fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before. And you were doing that in that time. Mm-hmm. In 60, 59, 58 mm-hmm. scores had started earlier than that. Okay. Because if I came back in 67, mm-hmm. and score was already doing it four years before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at QRC. So I told him, so he said, yeah. Then we started to meet, we met there. And it turned out that score had a good theoretical base on, mm-hmm. the, on the music thing. He played bass, mm-hmm. a theory. 
Yes. It turned out that we came a partner because he thought that I could implement mm-hmm. by playing what we both have in mind. So he used to make me be the implementer. Okay, yes. The so implementer. The student, yeah, the student come and, you know, he said, sit down with, with Xander, like, mm-hmm. you know, and play the students. So I used to implement mm-hmm. the idea of Kaisudas. And then I start also doing the theory teaching, mm-hmm. calls and voicings and so forth. Because mm-hmm. we, we were into the same idea of what I call tritonal voicings. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we were there already. So he had me teaching. Some of the students who stuck with it was Barney Bonaparte, mm-hmm. as the young student there, the teaching part. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other students didn't stay for the teaching part. Okay. That, that I was doing. Mm-hmm. When I came back in 70 and I formed the Guy Apple Bookshop, mm-hmm. I brought other musicians in. Mm-hmm. From the mainstream, yes, of the I, guys. I understand. Um, as I said, one of the things that I am aware of. Well, as I said, you you started to work with Schoolfield and with this QRC Jazz Club, as it was mm. separately, independently, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere along the line, I think you you went back and, and then you came back. To, in y- yeah, after the sixty-seven, I spent six months. Mm-hmm. And I went back in um, December, mm-hmm. and then I came back in nineteen seventy. Nineteen seventy. When I f- completed architecture. Com- All right, yeah. so. In 1970, you were back in Trinidad mm-hmm. and you formed the Gayap Workshop, is that yeah. name, right? Yeah. And of course, you said that you had, well, Mike George's, that name is important, mm-hmm. as we'll discover soon, mm-hmm. was one of your students in QRC Jazz Club, the Boothman mm-hmm. Brothers, as you already spoke about, mm-hmm. Barney Bonaparte, others. Mm-hmm. And you were able to um, bring in other musicians mm-hmm. in Trinidad, still on this idea of Calypso Jazz Innovation. Yeah. So yeah. that was the thing going forward. Mm-hmm. Because um, the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because, of course, it leads up, which is about six years later, but certainly a landmark album in Trinidad and Tobago, which yep. is the album called Clive yeah. Zander's here with that kind of I thing, Calypso Jazz, Jazz Innovations. And then there was a trio, a trio record with yourself on piano, Mike Georges on bass, mm-hmm. and Toby Tobas. Mm-hmm. The name Toby Tobas is important. Important, yeah. Important in the music history of Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Um, a drummer who I was I had a podcast on another podcast that I do, and his name popped up as being one of those persons who may have actually created the rhythm that we know as the soccer rhythm, the drum beat, because mm-hmm. he was doing it when he was working at Harry Belafonte. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you all were working. Tell me about that process of jamming, gelling before you got into the studio, because I know that um, certainly um, Toby and Mike George's and you. Mm-hmm. Started a woodshed, if I had described to Yeah, well, Toby came into the picture because Schofield had a policy of inviting other musicians yes. uh-huh. to get involved in what we were doing. Because I didn't know Toby. Schofield really invited him because Schofield didn't play in, in, the, in, in the band, the dance bands. Yes. To, Toby played uh, mm-hmm. a very important band, Clarence Kirvan. Clarence Kirvan band, yes. That's mm-hmm. Toby. Toby came through that. Okay, got you. And then he came to QRC mm-hmm. in the in the the jazz workshop part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we develop a tight situation of the the rhythm. Yes, because uh, I say I was very rhythmic. Uh-huh. Even as a player. Yep, uh, yep. The, it's been said that you have a percussive style. Yeah, when you're playing. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I had bongo drum as a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so Toby had a very good feel mm-hmm. for that because we developed the concept mm-hmm. on chip dung. Yes. Because remember I took I took the phonetic language mm-hmm. of Kaiso. Yes. So I was very strong on that. The phonetic language of Kaiso. Mm-hmm. And sing it mm-hmm. with Toby and us. Chip 
ya patang pong piting ting dudup tinggal lah you know that's how we used to talk that's the chip. language so chip dong was one of those pieces of music yeah that's the piece I, I created chip with the, the chip of the feet and the rhythm of the feet on yeah. the street of the feet the chip down and Toby and I worked on developing that beat mm-hmm. coming out of the Kaiso yes and then I went towards the beat of the Jose the Jose dramas yeah yeah and Toby and I worked on that mm-hmm. so you, you were using the rhythmic language of the Caribbean yeah and you weren't swinging in the way that no Art Blakey and them were swinging no in fact we were very 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 emotional about that Anytime you try to go and swing, we said, no, no, swing with the Kaiso. Got you, got you. You see? Swing with the Kaiso to be master that. Yeah. And then I took this Huse, which is the rhythm, the Huse, um, dum, 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 with the big drum. With the big drum and the Dolak drum. And work on that beat. Until Toby produced, when he went on his own. He did a piece that became popular in Trinidad. Tassa. Tassa yeah. was his thing? Yeah. What year, you remember what year that was? After we did the album. Oh, after the album, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we remember we saw Panjas in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Yes. The concerts. The concerts, yes. Yeah. Because then, remember, he formed his own group with Terry and they did that then. Then people started going to say, Sandra, I hear the fellas using that beat. Mm-hmm. People were people were emotional yeah. because they, I said no 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 I'm not like that. All folk music come mm-hmm. from the folk, so I'm not yeah. a person to say that's mine. That's mine. That's, that's a yours. problem we have in training that. Oh, mm-hmm. I was first. Mm-hmm. You don't know who was first. Well, I always say that for a lot of new world music. I mean, yeah. we had a conversation as I said about who invented calypso. It's one man. Who no. invent jazz is not one man. No, no one man. Right? Um, yeah. Who invent soca is not one man. No, no one. So that the idea of fusion and the idea of a kind of communal conversation is something that I take yeah. I take importance yeah. because I think that um, as you said you developed your ideas in England but Schofield mm. was in Trinidad and he also developed a very similar idea yeah. and you all came together and made it real yeah. and then ultimately as we all know the proof of concept mm-hmm. <laughs> the album the album that is, then, yeah. Yeah. right yeah. Um, nine mm. songs piano mm-hmm. piano led mm-hmm. seriously brilliant piano playing and pra- mm-hmm. piano improvisation mm-hmm. and I can tell you for a fact this, the track that stood out for me and the reason I'm into this whole damn thing called Island Jazz and Caribbean Jazz mm-hmm. was a track that you performed which was Sparrow's um, Mr. Walker Mr. Walker And that, that came out of my experience in England, listening to Dudley Moore and those jazz guys. I said, wait now. So what we could take Kaiso standard mm-hmm. 
and give it a jazz interpretation. Well, I'll tell you, there's a story I'm going to put it on record, record here. As a kid, I was obviously 16, 17 at the time, 76, when the album came out. And I heard Mr. Walker on the radio, in the car. Mr. Teller's up. You had a Volkswagen AM radio. And, and it had a style that reminded me of Dave Brubeck. For some reason, I was hearing Dave Brubeck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard that Dave Brubeck record not too long before that. And I remember thinking, wow, Sparrow reach boy. Sparrow have Dave Brubeck playing his music, right? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm real happy for Sparrow. And then I heard it again and somebody said, no, nah, that's a guy from Trinidad, Clive Zander. I'd never heard of you at the time. Yeah. And I said, Clive, what? A Trinidadian? I said, making, because the music sounded so much better than a lot of the, the kind of arrangements that were happening with Calypso music at that time in the mm. centers. Mm. Even even though we had Rama among other songs. But um, mm. and I remember thinking, well, these fellas are like superior musicians. And I, and I also got the impression that the music had a kind of quote-unquote international feel. Mm. And I said, well, this is the music that will make it out there, boy. I, mm. This this Calypso and Soka thing, why I showed up, but certainly this thing called Calypso Caribbean Jazz. Mm. It could be a kid. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. I didn't mm-hmm. know better. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. continuing your role in terms of continuing the development of... The, you, made, you made a record after after Clive Zander's here? Yeah, yeah. We made, well, um, we made a record after Clive Zander's here, which was... Um, Fantastic Vision. Fantastic Vision. That's a rare record. I've got to tell you straight up. Yeah. I've, I've looked for it. I went, um, I've gone crate digging in Reiner's record warehouse, nothing. And I had to go by Sean Randu's place and I found a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And it was a surprise that mm-hmm. it even existed. Mm-hmm. Because you and I had a conversation and that never came up <laughs> in the conversation, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I said, what is this? A whole album that I completely missed and thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so what is, what is Fantastic Visions? The name, is, the name tells me that you were experimenting further in the steel pan. Yeah, I, was sort of, I, I thought that the pan is a major voice uh-huh. in anything we do. Yeah. It's like a must. You have to have a pan. Yeah, it's, 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 it's us, the major mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, where I introduced pan. And then when I came back, I had a good link with Bugsy Sharp. Okay. Bugsy Sharp and I was tight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In fact, some of his influence came on me, and some of my influence came into came his into early his. panorama tunes. Yeah, everybody says that Bugsy is jazz. They, they say that, but just like an off-the-cuff remark. Yeah. Whereas other fellas, well, Clive Bradley had a kind of soulful, almost, well, I won't say classical, but I think thing. that influence came from me, because yeah. I met him. You know and if, you know, who introduced me to Bugsy? Who did? Michael Bootman. There you go, Michael. Here you go. Michael, but, we but, have to have a but, chat. But Michael is a, for me a very important musician, mm-hmm. and me we are, we are the really only the one of the only I wouldn't say the only, but mm. we we remained mm-hmm. to this day yeah. with that image of the music, right? Michael Goodman. I went to a show in Tobago that he had because yes. Michael Goodman had a knack of picking musicians. Uh-huh. It's a talent. Yes, he finds musicians mm-hmm. in a little corner, and suddenly this guy appear. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I said, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. He said, I called Bugsy. I said, he's a monster. You know why? Mm-hmm. He is very creative. Mm-hmm. You'll play a chord. You wouldn't tell him what it is. He will hear it, interpret it, and stretch it. Yeah, I think Bugsy has, well, gift, we, all, we, all, we, all, we all know his stories. He's our genius, yeah. right? Yeah. And and if you've ever gone to a panya, like now, I think yeah. they've rehearsed, rehearsed for Panorama. Yeah. And you start to call out notes because he hears the whole thing in his head. Yeah. So he calls out the individual notes for the different sections of the seal yeah. pan. And then he changes it yeah. and changes the whole thing. He yeah. does it all in his head, never written down. That's so our, that's, I, that's genius. I would like to state that Bugsy was part mm-hmm. of the Caribbean Jazz Messengers. 
Yeah, there you go. Jazz messenger. It's Caribbean jazz messenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bugsy. Mm-hmm. At, uh, last time I met him, I said, Bugsy, you realize what we did it? Mm-hmm. We did it. And, 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 um, Anis Hadidi. Anis, that is a name that, um, as you mentioned, Anis is name because I know you did an album with Anis. Yeah. Um, with, with the Gaia Workshop had mm-hmm. done this album with Annie's mm-hmm. Panjas Conversations I think it was the mm-hmm. album yeah. it came I remember when I got my copies let's say how long ago it was mm-hmm. I got them on cassette and they mm-hmm. were in two separate cassettes mm-hmm. right? part one and part two mm-hmm. and it seemed as though if I understand it correctly it was like a live recording up at the Hilton mm-hmm. and you had a Fitzroy Coleman was there you had Mongol Patesa mm-hmm. but certainly you had uh, Annie's Annie's was playing with his fingers yeah. you were doing a lot of experimenting in terms of yeah. creating a I, kind of I new song I experimented with the jazz. finger on the pan mm-hmm. and then we call it finger pan playing, it turned out that that got more play on the radio mm-hmm. than and they say that kind of thing. Wow. Funny yeah. enough, because you see, it was unique. Mm-hmm. The pan was like an African Yeah, it was like, like he was like, yeah, there was drumming it. Like a, yeah. yeah you Almost know? playing it like a piano with his hands yeah, as yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, unique song. Um, I remember yeah. we had a, a song called Dadu. Yeah. Uh, that, um, mm-hmm. that has to be heard. think is well I, I kind of going back and forth back and forth because by the time you get you got a pan jazz conversations as I said with yourself and Annie's you were experimenting putting the, the steel pan mm-hmm. as the kind of main voice the counterpoint almost the piano mm-hmm. the band was a trio or quartet or some kind of thing so mm-hmm. but I, I kind of forgot to say something tell me about the creation of basically the ultimate Caribbean jazz classic Fancy Sailor Fancy Sailor again came with trying to understand all music is determined by how we speak yes, and how we walk mm-hmm. how we talk mm-hmm. so that, it's a kind of language movement so that I'm, I thought say, why can't we put that into a composition mm-hmm. that will reflect that and also the philosophy of that very statement how we walk and talk So then I didn't realize that part of the dance that we have in carnival time yes. is the fancy sailor. Yes, yes, the fancy sailor dance. Yeah. And um, th- then why couldn't I take that and put it in the music? 
So it went, it went back to the kind of um, DNA of our dance and walk. That's us. Why are we keep running from us? That's something I always wanted. When I went to England, right, what people wanted was to hear and see us. And but we were running from. We, we wanted to play them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 it has worked against us. Yeah. You know the idea of using like, movement. Um. And of course, we all know that you're you're still composing, still recording, mm. still performing. I was very honored myself mm. and Production Unlimited mm-hmm. to do a concert with you back in September mm. at the UTT mm-hmm. um, with that fabulous nine-foot Bosendorfer piano. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think critically, one of the things is that you, because you're still composing, you, you have music based on a, a dog walking, a, a camel sashaying, mm. all these kind of ideas of movement, which mm. is so impressive. Mm. In terms of your philosophy, in terms of your continuing creation of work and theory mm. in Caribbean jazz. Just mm. talk about it. Just tell me about what you're doing, what you've been doing since the 90s, 80s, talking about creating your own book of jazz as it was. Mm-hmm. Tell me about those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying that you have no history unless you document. Correct. So yes, I started from that podcast. position. So mm-hmm. I said, well, all the things I'm doing, it wouldn't make much sense unless legacy, when you pass on, Young people then go in a library and pull it and say, wait, it happened back, mm-hmm. Beethoven, mm-hmm. Mozart. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I took my cue from all these great composers. Yeah. This, did you take any cues from American jazz legends? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Very, very strong. Thelonious Monk, mm-hmm. John Coltrane. What are your heroes? My heroes are on, on keyboard, Herbie Hancock, mm-hmm. Ahmad Jamal. Mm-hmm. He is a major, major hero for me. What Randy Weston? And uh, Randy Weston, sorry, I mean, I can't leave him out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Randy Weston. Because the, those who were exploring the more African tonality mm-hmm. had always mm-hmm. interested me. Uh, Miles, mm-hmm. um, the African consciousness, mm-hmm. musicians. Got you. And uh, also on the European side, Bill Evans. Bill Evans, yes. Very important. Mm-hmm. I sat, and we, you know, we became friends. When was this? Ronnie Scott, way back in, uh, it would be about, before I came back to Trinidad, 68, 67. Ronnie Scott um, brought Bill, Bill Evans, but I used to be mm-hmm. hearing him on piano and bought all his piano. Yes. Right? His style I used, his style influenced his style I used on Mr. Walker. Oh. So because it was kind of Brubeck style. I said Brubeck is Bill Evans. So you, you, were, you, were, you were right. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. Mm. Because Brubeck also are very heavily with Belevens. Mm. What do you call cluster? I play yes. cluster chords, mm-hmm. not spread chords. Not spread out, yes. That's, that's the influence of Woodley on me. Mm-hmm. My brother, Carlton Zander, mm-hmm. is very strong on open chords. Gotcha. That's why he's a fantastic pan arranger, man. A, pan, a, a winning pan and arranger. He, and he's with with he, 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 brought, he brought them back, and mm-hmm. he brought back a True. whole... Thing. Yeah, they were like bottom yeah, of the yeah. cell and then as soon as he came, they won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's got it. Our style is really different. My mm-hmm. style is so on a piano. Clustered. Clustered, mm-hmm. clustered yeah. And his style is spread out. Yeah. Gotcha. And like, like, like Randy Weston is spread out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That what I, so philosophically, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Mr. Walker was chosen to demonstrate mm-hmm. the potential of Kaiso music. Gotcha. Very important. Mm-hmm. Kaiso music, 
Kaiso stand they established mm-hmm. Kaiso standards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole new world. Because I think on the on the um Clive Zander say you you also play Fever, which is yeah, a fever, song. Yeah. We get Kitch is a very one of my music. Uh, Kaiso Arranger, right. um, musician. Kitsch. As far as I can see, he's the best songwriter we have ever yeah, had. Yeah, Kitsch. Full stop. Kitsch is very close to jazz. Yeah, well, very he was in England with Fitzroy and yeah, Lewis yeah. and them fellas. Yeah. And he used to play jazz. Yeah. Bass, upright bass in jazz clubs and things. Yeah. 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 Very much so. But I understand that you're writing a book on jazz. Tell me about that now. I'm writing a book, not so much on, I'm writing a book on Kaiso jazz, what it is, the concept yes. of what it is. Because I, I want people to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you have a definition for Kaiso jazz? Everybody seems to have a different one. You're the man who quote-unquote invented <laughs> it. What's your definition? For me, mm-hmm. Kaiso jazz music is a language mm-hmm. with its own phonetic vocabulary. Mm. You have to learn it to earn it. <laughs> you have <laughs> to, to learn it, it. To earn it. Yeah. To earn it. It's not about scales and chords as such but about rhythm and feelings mm. rhythm and feelings so there's no technology mm-hmm. it's gone beyond technology mm. it's going it's it's to the ether <laughs> yeah yeah it's a spirit mm-hmm. so I that's, that's if i define it that's mm. what the that's what it definition. is Sky yeah. so jazz is. So as I said, you um you're writing, you're documenting all your work. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you're scoring all the music that you've recorded and getting it out there mm-hmm. for publication sooner or later. Um hopefully before you pass. Mm-hmm. But um are, are there any kind of future insights that you're seeing in terms of what is happening in Trinidad now? Because as I said, we've we've had jazz festivals in Trinidad and in the Caribbean, as you know. You have a, I wouldn't say, you have, there's a parallel path run by your namesake, mm-hmm. Monty Alexander, where mm-hmm. he was using reggae. Mm-hmm. He had his piano technique, which was, you know, grounded in, in jazz performance. And he also started to incorporate reggae and reggae rhythms and, and the, rum, the rumba box mm-hmm. and, and that kind of idea to create his vision of jazz, mm-hmm. which is grounded in his Jamaican heritage. And you were parallel, as I said, with your Trinidad heritage, mm-hmm. the Kaisu and uh, an important part in our movement. Two persons in the Caribbean, he lives in the States, you live here. But in terms of what you see going on in the future and possibly what you see going on now, mm-hmm. are you satisfied with the development? Do we need more? Do we need more writers, more creators? Tell me something about that. Yeah, oh, well, we need, we need more uh, writers, uh, uh, composers coming out of the guts mm-hmm. of the music. The guts of the music? What do you mean by that? Well, coming out from the foundation. Okay. Of or art form. Mm-hmm. We need that, but we need more executioners. Mm-hmm. We are very weak on the execution side to mm-hmm. lift the music to the other level, like what what jazz went through mm-hmm. from honky tonk piano mm-hmm. and right to where it is now, Herbie Hancock, mm-hmm. Miles Arm, people like Sonra, mm-hmm. and all these people who took it up where Mokoi Taina, Amajawan, you know. We, we, we got to build. We, you know, every culture has to build and become sophisticated. I would think so. Correct. Yeah. And we're not, we not doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get trapped in the mundane mm. and thinking that's what it is. No, it's not. That's have right. that. For instance, they asked me about soccer. A lot of young people. Yes. Like they think, and they were surprised when I said, I say, I like soccer. 
<laughs> so they, yeah. they will tell me, everybody use that. Yeah. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it, it's a branch mm-hmm. coming out of the roots. Mm-hmm. Kaiso jazz is a branch coming out of the roots. But we're not giving the respect to Kaiso jazz because mm-hmm. it's not popular. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it it met the popular wine and jam environment. I think one of the other things, though, is we do have many practitioners of it because... In soca, we have hundreds of young people who say, well, yeah. it's a way to make money, so I'm going to sing a soca tune. Not yeah. many of them are good. Yeah. Calypso, in a sense, you know, we have a lot of Calypsonians. Mm. But we do have a lot of technically good players yeah. to execute what you, the vision. This is, what I, this, is, uh, mm. this is what I'm saying. You, you're right. Mm. Um, but I'm saying, however, for soca mm-hmm. and popular music, you don't need that. Yes. Because people must remember that, let's say, governments so will always fund Mm-hmm. What's popular because it's tied up with. It's a numbers game now, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's who's more popular? You, 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 see, you see, and then young musicians get caught up in that, mm-hmm. so they don't grow. Mm. They don't grow. I remember when the, um, Marshall had a problem of the split in the band and thing, he had a lull time mm-hmm. for about four or five months. Yes. Uh, he came to one of our concerts mm-hmm. and he was upstairs in the, the show mm-hmm. at the Central Bank. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he was there. Mm-hmm. And then when when we finished, he ran downstairs with, and he said, "Man, Sander, those chords you're playing there, man, I like mm-hmm. to learn those things." So far, I said, "Hey, Marshall," he said, "Yeah, I, I really, man. Where can I?" I said, "Okay, you know, give me a call." Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that I wasn't had no transport, so he dropped me home with All his right. friends, and the, and mm-hmm. we were talking and about that. I, I told him, "Okay," I said that, um, "Be careful." If you push the, your, your music, which is popular, mm-hmm. to the point of intellectual, yeah. it will lose... you lose half your audience. If not <laughs> your audience, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see? So, uh, um, uh, so I said, so make sure mm-hmm. you keep the spirit of what you're doing, but lift it to another level. As you're talking about lifting it and intellectual, mm. one of the things that has happened, after, I think, with our jazz musicians, they've migrated. You migrated in the success, but you came back home. You worked as an architect, and of course, you thrived here doing both architecture and music. Mm. But a number of young musicians certainly have decided there's, there's no business yeah. for what the, for the for jazz, Kaiso jazz, and Trinidad. Yeah. So they go abroad. There are a bunch in New York and fellas, um, David Bertrand, Marvin mm. Dolly, mm. Zeno Dolfo. But most importantly, in my estimation, one of the more one of the more impressive persons of this new this this new generation, the fourth tranche. I have this. Have these four areas. Mm. There's the Schofield Pilgrim generation. Yeah. The, the protégés of Schofield, that's Mike Boothman and these fellas. Yeah. The new school, mm. that's Ming and Terry Sean, Sean Thomas. Mm. And then the Young Lions. Mm. Of course, the head of the pack, as we know, is Etienne Charles. Mm-hmm. Etienne, has, as you say, you use the word intellectual. Etienne, has, to me, has taken an intellectual take mm-hmm. on our music. So he did it with an early album called Kaiso. He had one called Folklore. Mm-hmm. We took our rhythms, our Trinidad music as it was, and created jazz that <clears throat> had this kind of post-bop edge to it, right? Mm. And more recently, has done Carnival, the Carnival series. We actually studied, did research mm. on the rhythms of Carnival mm. and and the society that it was to create this long-form album. Mm. Um, you've worked with Etienne. It's just a question. No, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Clive, we could talk all night. but it's, um, it's, it's important. We should talk. We should talk We again. should talk. Well, we could talk again. I mean, this, is, this could be just part one. Yeah. Because it can be a part two, right? Yeah. But as, yeah. far as, um, as far as this podcast is going, I think one of the things I just want to wrap up here with just asking finally, um, in terms of what are you doing now in terms of 
composing in terms of recording? Let me, let's have no, no, what I'm doing. My interest now is in uh, composing and developing uh, a book on what I call applications. Because I found, I went to UTT yes. to give a little talk uh-huh. on my life and so forth in the pan department. Yes. And I heard walking everybody playing scales, everybody, you know, very good, major, minor, dominant, mm. seventh, fine. So I said, students will say, okay, your theoretical base seems to be good. Mm-hmm. And I like to make this public too, eh? Yes. Because I think they would like if I make it public. Mm-hmm. Because they want a person like me to say so. I okay. know that. I sense it. I said, but theory and there's practice. Mm-hmm. I said, practice is what makes it perfect. Yeah, practice makes perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am saying that as far as I see, you're strong on the theory, but you're weak applying your theory. Mm. I said, well, all the great universities in the world you know, is a question of application. Say, if you have to build a building, mm-hmm. you have to apply mm. the theory to build a building. Exactly. Yeah. Not the theory is not going to build a building. Mm-hmm. It's the carpenters on the ground. Got you. So I say that you you don't have the carpenters on the ground in the, in, in in there. So I'm writing a book mm-hmm. on what I call at the heart of improvisation is the application of scales. Okay. So I decided that we are weak in that applying scales. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I go with music, all the musicians who come to a workshop, mm-hmm. and I realize that they are weak on that area. This guy is doing well. I'm proud of him. Um, well, Bugsy has it naturally. Yeah. Yeah, a gift. Our genius. But this boy, Salcedo. Mikhail Salcedo. Yeah, I listened to him the other night, and I'm very impressed with He is getting it, mm-hmm. the application yeah. of it. I said because... That's how jazz developed. I think one of the things that we we discover here in the Caribbean is that um, theory is there. Application, as this is very difficult because most people apply there. We don't woodshed no, on we our don't. own. Yeah, we so they have to get gig as it was. And gigs are very hard yeah. to come by. Yeah. Kind of leads to frustration. As I yeah. said, people migrate for various reasons. People going on cruise ships now. Because yeah. cruise ships are offering jobs and paying in US dollars. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think Trinidad and Tobago is happy and should be sharp, should be proud that you came back. Yeah. Right? Much in the same way that we loveless stayed. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. Because I think we as a nation and certainly we as jazz fans in the islands recognize you as the pioneer. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I've heard your name called in, in St. Lucia, I've heard your name called in Barbados mm-hmm. as the man. And that song, Fancy Sail, has been played mm-hmm. as Except a Trinidad. Trinidad, Trinidad is not honoring me. Uh-huh. The reason for my book is mm-hmm. to write my legacy. Yes. Because I realized that at some point when I passed on, mm-hmm. that to be the witness. Got you. You see, we have a culture here in which we don't say where mm-hmm. where the thing comes from. Got you. And I'm, I'm very upset about that. Mm-hmm. We tend to forget where, where we come from and say, well, it, oh, we do like if we just drop from the sky. <laughs> Fully formed. Yeah, and it happened. Mm-hmm. And some of the producers also got caught, get caught up in that. Mm. because they don't know the history. They start to jump into producing, and mm. they know the history. Now, it has to be a backward people who don't bring history before mm. in life. You have to be backward. Mm. Any people who go gone ahead has always brought history. Mm-hmm. That's why we're not moving anywhere in, this, in the Caribbean country, because we don't bring history. Okay. We don't put no value on history. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes to start a new show. Like, for instance, I launched my first CD, yes. and I came with, Barry McBurney. Yes, Barry McBurney. Because when I, when I came to Trinidad, I went to her for mm-hmm. folk education. 
And she liked my, she told me I used a song like Debussy. Okay. And then I went and found, who is Debussy? A French composer. Mm -hmm. The color of my chords. Mm -hmm. Beryl told me that. Okay. She liked my music and I used to pick up Beryl to go anywhere she wants to go. Yeah. I so loved this woman in mm-hmm. terms of that. Yeah. I will pick her up. I have a story too. about Beryl and dropping her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, that's important. Mm-hmm. So I, when I launched my album, my mother was alive. She, mm-hmm. she I brought her from Superior mm-hmm. to be with me, I think, at, at Beryl. No one knows that I will assume that um, I don't know anything about Beryl. Mm-hmm. So, because we didn't write anything about that. But that is what you're doing. You say you're writing a book and you want to make sure we document. Document all, all of those these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. those things. For the very reason. Mm-hmm. So that people know that my, I launched my album mm-hmm. then at Beryl's Mamou because she was a lover of my music. That's excellent. Here you go. There you go. The continuity of the culture of Trinidad and Tobago. Well, I hope, I hope Island Jazz Chat could be part of that witnessing because we now have your voice on record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll be able to that is, In fact, for me, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's more important. Mm-hmm. I personally think people that say, but they didn't give you no... I said, no, that's important. Mm-hmm. Important that I have the book, the book. The book, yeah. So that somebody could go in the library, mm-hmm. a young child, and they'll see that. That's how you think Bach was discovered. Mm. 200 years after. Mm. Beethoven. Mm-hmm. These people have to be fools. Oh, people. That's how they're discovered. So I'm smart. I learned from them. That's why I decided to write it. Documented. Documented. And put it in a vault. Yeah, we'll put it in a vault that we can't get into. Well, no, you have no yeah. access no, to that. You, you'll get it. Because yeah. it will say, no, that's, that's, I, that's why I'm doing it. Because mm. I know that... No prophet becomes honor in his country on the, the time. There's a line that my mother used to say, history is written after you're gone. Yeah. Which is kind so of I, unfortunate. I said that already. Mm-hmm. So I got book there, those books because mm-hmm. that is what, because right now, they, nobody is taking those seriously. Well, in this age of technology. And, 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 and another thing I want to say, uh-huh. that, that, that young musicians coming out of school must be aware of what is expected of them. Yes. What we have in here you now is the, the expectation that coming out from UTT or UE or mm-hmm. whatever that. What we as jazz musicians or improvising musicians mm-hmm. expect mm-hmm. is that you will be able to hear something on the spot mm-hmm. and create. Extemporate. Yeah, that is what <laughs> that is what you expect. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that. They have. If, we, I don't know if you have time. UTT has only been formed I think, less than 10 years now. UE has had a music program for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Trinidad, we have, as I said, effectively two tertiary level music schools to start now. Mm-hmm. As I said, students do go away. I, I, there are a bunch I know who are living in the States, working. They've gone, some have gone to Canada, gone mm-hmm. to Humber College in Canada, Dave Richards, mm-hmm. Jesse Ryan. It, it's, as I said, we're in a situation here, I think, that your generation, because you're part of the Schofield generation, as I call it, that first mm-hmm. generation, who were, who were there mm-hmm. and came back, recorded, put some music in the, in the public domain as it was. Mm-hmm. There have been many books written by your generation. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is plain catch up. Now, none of the other generations have written books. Ming, mm-hmm. Ming has been writing a couple of books. Mm-hmm. And he said he has some more in the, in the bag as it was. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to the day that we as a, as a musical community 
could respect one, the generations that came before, mm-hmm. and those generations before can respect those newer ones who are making waves here and there. Mm-hmm. But I would certainly like us to be doing the things that make an American or even a European jazz community work. Mm-hmm. More more broadcasting, more performance, mm-hmm. and certainly more material written down. And the, the media as well. The media, the, yes. And, a and major have, role in them. Yeah, it has a major role in that. Like, as I said, we can talk all night, but that's what yeah. it is to the yeah. night. So thank you very much for this conversation. Yeah. And we will talk again. Sure. Sure, yeah. I read. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, you've been listening to Island Jazz Chat. Good night. Island Jazz Chat has been a production of Jazz in the Islands magazine, powered by iRadio.tt.